Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning. Welcome to the house of God. You guys glad to be in God's house? Come on, it's a packed place this morning. What an amazing thing God's doing. His presence is so good. I love having His presence in the house with us. I'm I'm jealous for his presence. I love uh, for God to show up, and he promised he would do that. And I, I just want to encourage you, uh, this room is, is full. Obviously, you can see that. And so we are going to a third service as well at Easter. We start Easter, and we'll have three opportunities for service. We'll have a 9 a.m., a 10, and a, uh, 10.30, and a noon. And so uh, maybe if you've been coming for a while, you could grab one of those 9 a.m. or noon services, and uh, I'll preach fast at noon to get you out of here straight to lunch. Um, and uh, I'm just encouraged by all that God's doing. It's an amazing season, um, just in our faith of what's happening and what Jesus is about to walk through and go into. And um, we're actually uh, having a, a unique service next week. Palm Sunday is next week. And so it's going to be a, a cool service. We have some, some prizes for the kids and some stuff for you guys in here and, and a little more traditional uh, Palm Sunday environment that way. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and that's the week when he rides in on that donkey. And so we're going to bring some of those things uh, and just and see what God wants to speak to us about that. And then we have a Good Friday service. You heard about it, but we We've never had a Good Friday service before uh, as a church, and so this will be the first time uh, we've ever done that. It'll be a, a little bit heavier of a service, a little more reflective. Um, that's a moment when Jesus is obviously on the cross and everything he's going through, and we're going to uh, really have some special prayer moments and special elements to that service. I'd encourage you to be at that. It's going to be one hour, 6.30 to 7, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do some hymns there, and so for all y'all that have been asked for hymns and stuff like that, I'm not going to say how it's all ages that ask for hymns, and so... Um, we're, we're an all-age church. We're a multi-generational church. And so uh, we're, we're going to have that and just a, a really uh, powerful, reflective time. And then obviously going into Easter uh, weekend, and you've got some invites on your seat. And um, I think there's two or three of these on your seat. Let me just say this to you. Um, uh, first, I think it's like, I'm going to make the stat up right now. So no, this is a false stat. But it's like, 80 something percent of people will say yes to an Easter and Christmas invite. So it's somewhere in there. Um, so let me just give you that. People are, are likely to say yes to an Easter invite to come sit with you. Um, and, then, and the second thing is, thank you for trusting us with your friends and family. I really, I don't take that for granted that you trust inviting your friends and family here. Um, and that you trust this environment, you trust our church, you trust the leadership. Um, you know, I, I've, in college, I've been to different churches. I went to a church in college where you, you didn't know what was going to happen one Sunday from the next. And you, you'd invite your friends and like they could get water poured on them in some prophetic moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> you'd be, they'd get hit with a towel or something. You know, it, it's just, that was, um, so isn't it cool that God can be powerful and, and relevant at the same time? He can be real and he's not have to spook everybody out, but there can be real power of God. So again, thank you for uh, being open to the power of God um, and willing to invite friends and family to this environment and trusting us with that. So let's invite for Easter. We really believe God's going to save souls and set captives free. Uh, we're in a series. We're ending it today um, called My Good Friend Judas. Uh, how many of you have ever experienced a Judas in your life? Come on. Uh, a painful one. Don't look at them if they're sitting by you. Uh, <laughs> We've all experienced painful things and people and environments and situations. And uh, I was studying the other day. There's something called a Judas goat. I didn't know that. Uh, anybody ever heard of a Judas goat? So it's a goat they train to befriend the sheep. And then that goat gets in the, in the, in the sheep 
and leads the sheep into a corral or into a slaughter trailer, into a place that the sheep wouldn't otherwise go. And the goat tricks them and, the, and then the goat slips out the trailer while the sheep go to the slaughter or wherever it is that they're going. Come on, anybody ever had a Judas goat up on your trailer? <laughs> like, where'd they go? You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and so there's these moments and situations. And I think in the last two weeks, last week we dealt with really when we mess up, how do we see ourselves that God still has purpose for us? Two weeks ago, we dealt with offenses that we carry and how to drop those or needing to drop those. Many of you stood up. I stood up like I need to, I've held it too long. I need to drop it. And God just wouldn't let me get past these two sections of scripture today um, for us. And it really deals with forgiveness. And so we've, we've already really looked at letting go of offenses, but I want to talk today about how and why. Like the practical of, of how and, and, the, and the real importance theologically of why. And so I hope that um, God's going to do some things in your life today. We had several people give their life to Christ first service. Uh, we had nine people give their life to Christ last week. So awesome. If, if one of those was you and you made that decision, the next step for you is water baptism. We have an amazing area connection. You can sign up. The week after Easter, we have water baptism. Many of your brothers and sisters will be taking that step. Maybe you've walked with God years ago and now you're just coming back. And that's your next step in the faith with God. Obedience is walking with Jesus that way. He said that you can take that step of water baptism. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, the scriptures say this in Mark 11, uh, dealing with uh, some, some different weird topics that seem like Jesus is changing his mind or giving us kind of a smorgasbord of, of thought, but it's really one, one thought. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig trees withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. He cursed it from the root. And then Jesus like changes the subject, it seems. And he says, have faith in God. And he answered, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, he starts talking about mountains, like you were just talking about a tree. You cursed the tree. Now you're talking about a mountain. If anyone says to this mountain, be removed and go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes the things that he says, it will happen. He will ha he it will be done for them. He'll have what he asks in prayer. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it and it'll be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, here, here's the, here's the context. We like to make the context about the mountain and about the faith. The context is if you stand praying and you hold anything against anyone. Well, you don't, you don't know what they did to me. Anyone. Well, they left me and the kids. Anyone. Well, they betrayed me. Anything. Well, they abused me. Anything. Well, you don't know my boss. Anyone. You don't know my spouse, anyone. Well, you don't know how big it was, anything. You don't know how small it was, but it happens over and over, anything. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Title for today is Matters of the Heart matters of the heart. Father, thank you for forgiving us. You could have held it all against us, but you didn't. You threw it into a sea of forgetfulness. You're powerful enough to choose not to remember. You decided to forget it. 
Sometimes we have a hard time doing that. So today, God, would you grant us your power through the, the faith that's increased by your word today to forgive anyone anything with any matter of the heart in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Matters of the heart. I've got a box of chocolates up here. Russell Stover's. Uh, come on, somebody. Russell Stover's box of chocolate. Uh, anybody, any, anybody like Russell Stover's? Any Russell Stover's fans? Uh, it's Russell Stover's, not Stover's, but uh, um, I guess that's uh, stuffing. But th- this is Russell Stover. And um, I, I, love, I love some milk chocolate. This is an assorted box of chocolates. And uh, this is a matter of the heart. Many of boxes have been given for many a uh, decade when it came to heart issues, for forgiveness, for love, for, for Valentine's whatever it might be, a matter of the heart. And so um, in this box, there is an assortment of chocolate. On the outside, there is a a wrapper. And this wrapper on the back of it has a little legend. And most of the boxes have some type of legend in them that tells you the different shapes and sizes and flavors of the chocolate. And so you can open the box. You can begin to see what you like. Uh, Inside the box, it's got this nice little uh, cover that is holding all the chocolates and their nice little uh, containers uh, displayed for the eating. It's right there and uh, ready to be eaten in there perfect little components and their perfect little heart and their perfect little spots right there. And uh, so if you decide to eat one, you got to look at the legend and figure out what flavor you like and uh, what kind you like. Come on, some, some, somebody, the orange, orange cream, dark chocolate. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's not even meant to go together. You bite into that, man. You angry. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, uh, maple nut butter. Hold on, somebody. Maple nut butter, that's North meets South. That's Georgia meets Canada. Don't, don't put my peanut butter and my maple syrup together. Split that up. You bite into that. I'm a caramel guy. Give me some chocolate and some caramel. Yeah. Yeah, and we, and we got a great uh, uh, biblical verse from a guy named Forrest Gump that said, <laughs> said, life is like, because you never... Because you never know what says you do. There's a legend on every box. What are you talking about, Forrest? What he knew was that life isn't just perfect and all the matters of the heart don't just sit in their perfect little containers and we go in and pick the perfect flavor and the perfect one that we want, that sometimes we want caramel, but we bite into orange cream. That sometimes we want you know, the, the, the peanut brittle. Come on, I'm a peanut guy. Sometimes we want a little almond joy, we want a little joy, and we bite into orange cream. Any, any fans of chocolate? Come on, any chocolate fans right here? Come on, right here. I see you. Come and grab that. I got a little matter of the heart for you right here. Come on, give her some love. We took out all, we took out all the orange cream. No, we didn't. We didn't touch them. Uh, But God knows that you and I are going to bite into situations and matters of the heart that uh, maybe aren't as um, lighthearted as the type of chocolate that we taste, that there are going to be some real issues and some real concerns when it comes to uh, betrayal or pain or hurt, and that you and I have to figure out how to forgive, that literally unforgiveness or forgiveness is probably the number one thing that will affect your spiritual life with Christ. That the, the, the biggest growth factor or hindrance to growth in our life is how we deal with sins that have been committed 
against us and things that have happened to us. In Mark 11, Jesus begins to curse this fig tree and, and he curses it from the root and it dies. And the disciples are surprised. And then he makes this weird turn and says, hey, if you have faith, and he seems like he starts to talk about faith and you speak to this mountain, be removed and put into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things that you say. Whenever you say them, whatever you pray, you'll have those things. Oh, and now he takes another turn. And if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven will forgive you. God, that seems like all these different directions, Lord. It, it just seems like the smorgasbord. No, it's all one matter of the heart. It's all about forgiving things that you've held and letting things go. What Jesus is saying is this, that there's things in our life that are so mountainous. There are sins and betrayals and pain and hurt and things that are so big in our life. They seem so huge that we can actually speak to them and speak to the pain, speak to the bitterness, speak to the hurt, speak to it by faith. And it has to be removed and thrown into the sea where our sins are thrown, the sea of forgiveness. And we have the power by faith to say, move those mountains so that we can actually see God forgive us. What he's saying is there's things that have been done to you and I that are so mountainous. Sometimes they hinder our view of seeing God move for us. Sometimes sins are so mountainous, pains are so mountainous, we can't see God moving for us. Forgive those sins so that you can see God forgiving you. Forgive that so you can see God move in your life. God, I want to speak to things that are hindering me from seeing you move in my life. And I need to do that by faith. It's the subject and the thought of faith. Jesus knew sins and offenses and hurts were going to come against us if you hold anything against anyone let it go. What he's saying is you can't hold it and him heal it at the same time. That I have to let it go and I have to trust God in the only way, the only way, this is my heart today. The only way to do any of this is by faith. You can't force yourself into a mental state of forgiveness. You, you can't get enough willpower to forgive by faith. Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to these things and they will be thrown into the sea and that we're going to speak to some mountains today. I'm believing you're going to speak to some stuff in your mind and in your heart and in your soul today. And God's going to take you to a new place and you're going to see him in a new way. Luke 17, one through six. It's interesting. It's really another text for today, but it's the same subject. He starts talking about trees and forgiveness and sins. Then the disciples said to him, it is impossible. Jesus said to them, it is impossible that no offenses should come. He's telling you and I, it's, it's impossible. Offenses are going to come like, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then he should hurt or offend one of these little ones. He's saying it'd be better for him uh, to, to not to have to be at the bottom of the ocean than to hurt one of my kids. One of my little ones We're his kids We're his little ones. It's like, is that a little kid? No, that's us. It'd be better for this person to be thrown into the ocean with a millstone than to hurt or offend one of his kids. But take heed to yourselves, verse three. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day returns, you say, no, repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. Now, what does faith have to do with this? Everything. What does faith have to do with me forgiving and letting it go, increase my faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, I thought it was a mountain. No, mulberry tree now. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. It will obey you, it has to obey you. 
Jesus said, offenses will come. What do we do? What do I do? Number one, very simple thought. Number one, expect offenses to come. Expect it. Like, like we, we, we expect perfect environments and perfect jobs and perfect men and perfect dates and perfect women and perfect marriages and perfect churches and perfect jobs. We have this expectation of perfection or that we're not going to have any of these offenses. Well, what happens is those are false expectations and those false expectations or unmet expectations lead to frustrations. And so that's why you've had five jobs, five bosses, five marriages, five churches, five cities. It, I'm going I'm to just tell you, I got to tell you the truth, right? That's why I, that's why I, I have different relationships at times that, that get hurt and I, I have to mend because, because I don't always expect it and we have to expect it. If you expect it, then you know how to handle it a little bit different. We have this dog in the house. And uh, it's my wife's dog. It's part cat. It's really cat that lives inside of a dog's body. And I don't like cats. And so, and this dog we bought for my daughter, little mini, 26 uh, pound, what, 16 pounds, 16 pound cat. It's a little 16 pound mini American Eskimo. And this dog, uh, we bought it for my daughter, but it bonded to my wife. So my daughter hates the dog. Um, and, and so we, we just try to, and, and the dog's finally bonded to me after six years. That's why I came after six years, this dog's bonded to me and, uh, loves me. It's still my wife's dog, but come, come sit by me. I can, I'll, I'll call it over. It'll go stand by my wife. I'm like, what are you doing? But finally, it'll come. If my wife's not around, it'll come hang out with me. I don't know. A while back, I was getting something out of the refrigerator, and the dog's probably this high. I was getting something out of the refrigerator, and I'm just going about my business, not expecting anything. And all of a sudden, I feel this cold, wet lick up the back of my leg. This dog licks the back of my calf out of the blue. I'm not, I'm not expecting it. I go through the roof. I begin, I start screaming. I'm slamming the refrigerator door. I turn around. I'm like in panic. I'm like, ah! I'm like, and I just kicked it. I just. It was fight or flight. <laughs> I was like, I was locked up. Like, ah, ah, ah. And then I was like, I'm so sorry, Daisy. I thought you were a raccoon. <laughs> I just lost it. Why? Why? I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. If I had been expecting, if I had seen her and if I had seen her walking up and she walked up and licked my leg, I'd have been like, oh, look at you, little cute leg licker. Cute leg licker. You're so cute. <laughs> and I, I would have gone about and my business and loved her and been fine. Many of you are freaking out on your coworkers, your spouses, your friends, your kids. Because <laughs> you're not expecting offense. If you don't expect it, then you're going to handle it different. If you expect it, it's different. If you expect it, like, oh, oh, you little, you little leg licker, you're going to try to offend me at work? Uh-uh, I knew you were going to be here today. I prayed before work. Oh, you little last nerve, get her on her. I knew you were going to be at the family reunion. I prayed before I came here. You can't get me today. Oh, I put some worship music on before I came into your presence because I expected to be offended when I got around you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> if you expect it, you begin to pray and seek God and know what's coming and you can begin to respond different and act different. Jesus says offense is coming. You need to expect it and it'll determine how you respond to it. 
Verse one, but woe to him through whom they do come. Woe to him. It's better for them to have a millstone on their neck and thrown into the sea than they should be, than they should offend one of these little ones, my kids. But take heed, verse three, take heed to yourselves. The second thing that happens when we get offended or betrayed or hurt, number two, let God deal with them and you deal with you. Let God deal with them. Jesus says it's better to have a millstone around their neck. God's saying, I will take care of them. If you're going to mess with one of my kids, if you're going to mess with one of my little ones, I'm going to take care of them. It's better. I'll handle them. I'm one of God's kids. That means if God's your God, you don't have to fight for yourself, fend for yourself, defend yourself, argue back, fight back, put everything you need to say on social media. You don't have to do all that. Don't look at anybody. I saw that. <laughs> I'll take a knee. <laughs> uh, you don't have, you know, you don't, if God's your God, you take care of you. God will take care of them. I know it was real. I know it was pain. I know, but, but let God handle them. He said he'll handle them. I got three children. They're 19, 18, and almost 16. And I've raised them from the time they were in the womb. Prayed. I did. I prayed over them and sang over them and worshiped over them and every, every day of their life from the, in the womb. And, and, and so there's many, many of fights I've had to referee and my wife and I've had to referee. We had to split them up, break them up, whatever. Like, I don't mean physical. There's only a couple of those, uh, but, but, many, but several times. And so what it never fails. Come on, parents, you're in the, the, the ring of confrontation. You're, you're settling it. You figured out what kid did it. And you're addressing that kid and it never fails. Another kid is lobbing bombs over onto that kid. Yeah, you did that. And you don't know what they did. And they're just, they're getting in jabs and getting in stuff. And I'm like, I, what do we do as parents? I'm right here. I'm handling this. Get out of the way so I can handle it. But you don't know what they did. I know every one of you since the time you were in the womb. I know what you did. I know what they did. I know you were down the street, five houses, and I heard what you said. I knew. What they're saying is we don't trust you to handle it. We don't believe that you're going to be fair. And so we're injecting and interjecting ourselves into the situation of me dealing with that other child. What happens is when you begin to inject yourself and interject yourself into the situation and the fight and the battle, you're saying, I don't trust God to be fair. I don't, I don't trust God to actually deal with them. And I would just say to you, listen, God keeps amazing records. God keeps great scorecards and he will handle them. He will deal with them. You deal with you. There's not one bit of pain, one bit of betrayal, one bit of, of, of hurt that God won't use. God will use it if you'll put it in his hand and begin to trust him. God says, you deal with you. Here's two ways on how to do it from the verses. The first way, here's how you deal with you. Verse 3a, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Listen to that. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. So, so the first way to deal with you is this. Don't hide your hurt. Don't hide your hurt. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. We think this rebuke is this violent, angry, ah, confront them and destroy them. No, that's not rebuke. Rebuke is have an adult, kind conversation and let them know that they hurt you. Most things you're offended about, the person that did it doesn't even know they did it. 
and you're walking around hurt and angry, but you've hidden your hurt for years and you've never let them know. I need to say this to you. God cannot heal what you won't confront. And, and, and God, and you cannot forgive what you won't confront. A lot of times we want to forgive and you come to altars and you're like, God, forgive them. And you hear sermons like, forgive them. I want to forgive them. I want to forgive them. And you never feel like you've forgiven them. Why? Because you've hidden it. You've never told them what happened. You cannot forgive what you won't confront. Jesus curses the fig tree, the first fig tree from the roots. It withers up and dies. The apostles are surprised. They're like, wow, this thing died. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? He curses the fig tree uh, because it didn't have any fruit. But that's weird because the Bible gives commentary on itself and says that that tree was not supposed to have fruit in that season. So Jesus walks up to get a piece of fruit. It has no fruit. He goes, listen, you cursed the tree. And he rebukes it. It dies from the roots. And like, Jesus, that's not fair. Why'd you do it? This particular fig tree showed leaves. The Bible says it had leaves, but no fruit. This tree always bore its fruit before it bore its leaves. So this tree was showing leaves covering up for no fruit. Reminded Jesus of the garden of Eden where a man named Adam and Eve put fig leaves on themselves to hide because they had no fruit in the area of obedience. So this tree is hiding and Jesus curses it from the very root. He's saying that you and I don't have to pretend and can't pretend that it was never a real issue that hurt us. That many of us are covering up with fig leaves. And I would just say to you, stop hiding your hurt. I pray today for great conversations between husbands and wives or, or children and parents or siblings. Or, and maybe they've already passed on and they've already, they're gone and you can't, you, you can't talk to them. But you can still deal with that and not hide it and go get somebody you need to talk to. But don't hide. Don't put fig leaves over and act like everything's okay. You'll never be able to actually forgive. I don't want to hide my hurt. You can't forgive what you won't confront. And the second way to deal with you, number one, is don't hide your hurt. Number two, and if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Number two, this is hard. Don't limit your love. Don't hide your hurt and don't limit your love. Well, how many times, Lord? Seven times in the same day. Same day, same person, anything, anyone, anything, anyone, anything, anyone. Don't, don't, don't limit your love. Forget, forgive them, forgive them. If you, if you want to see God in your life move, throw it off, throw it off. The more you can throw it off, the more you can see God, the more you can throw it off, the more you can see God. Let me prove it to you. Matthew five, eight, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see the Lord. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Pure, does that mean like I'm not looking at pornography, I'm watching holy movies, I'm, I'm not looking at girls or guys the wrong way, I'm not lusting, I mean, yeah, all that, great, but there's more to that word pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see the Lord. The, the word pure is katharos, katharos, it's where we get our word catheter. Catharos, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see the Lord. They'll see God moving. Blessed are the pure in heart. The word catharos, where we get the word catheter, catharos means there is no impurity or there are no, um, nothing attached to the walls of your heart. There, there's no uh, blockages or anything that's adhering himself. Nothing impure is adhering itself into your heart. So you can say it this way. Blessed are those that have no impure things adhered to the heart, for they will see God. That's why it's so important that you and I decide by faith and the power of God that I'm not going to allow anything to block 
the flow of God in my life. The catheter of your life, the ca- what's a catheter? It's something that they put into your body when you can't eliminate toxins and toxicity on your own. So they put a catheter in your body, begins to take in nutrients you eat and discard, discard the nutrients you don't need discard the toxins. God's built in a self-regulating toxin releasing system in your body called, called forgiveness. And if you don't release it, high blood pressure and anxiety and ulcers, it it divides your soul. We're not meant to have a divided soul. And if you can't give that, your soul gets divided. Impurities block the heart. You ever met a heart patient that after they have surgery, they get a new heart or a bypass or a stent. They're like, man, I feel 30 years younger. Man, I have energy like I never knew I had. I can't believe I was living this long this way. Same way when you allow things to get removed out of your heart that have adhered to your soul or your spirit, you remove those. You're like, man, I didn't even know living with God was this good. I didn't even realize the energy of of church and serving God and the house of God and telling people about my Savior. I just have a whole new invigoration on life. You You know what I'm talking about? That's what happens when you allow forgiveness to flow. And, and, and literally, if you, if you hinder your flow of forgiveness, then, then God's flow of favor is hindered. He says it right there. For the pure of heart will see the favor of God. will see God. I want to see God in my marriage. I want to see God at work. I want to see God in my kids. I want to see God at, at, my, at, my, at my city, at my school. I want to see God. I want you to see God. I want you to see God show up. And you can do that by going, you know what, God? I'm going to release this and I'm going to forgive them. And I'm going to let this roll off of me. Now, now, now listen to me. It doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with them. It doesn't mean you're going to be business partners. It's Bette Midler. I love them from a distance. From a distance. There's some people I have to love from a distance. Okay, that's, can I just, as your pastor, I can tell you that. Like, I love them from a distance. <laughs> but that's, that's healthier. Sometimes you aren't going to be right back up in this situation. Maybe it's not even safe to, to share how they hurt you. Maybe that's not safe or possible. So, so make sure you're safe and secure, but, but you have to let forgiveness flow. Jesus says, how many times? He says, seven times seven. And the apostles are like, God, help our faith. It's weird that this is about faith. I want to increase your faith today. He says, God, increase our faith. And this happens by faith. This is a maturity thing. Number three, the last thought, forgiveness is done by faith, not by feeling. They say, increase our faith. Give us the faith we need, God, to, to release the toxins out of our life and believe that we grew through that situation. Give us the faith to speak to obstacles, to speak to mountains and say, you know what, mountain, you're going to be removed. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to be challenged by that. I, I don't accept that. I speak to that by faith. Be thrown into the sea. I speak by faith. I remove that bitterness and that hurt. I speak to some things in my life because I want the forgiveness of God and the favor of God to flow into my life. No blockage is going to stay in my life. I'm more than an overcomer. No weapon formed against me prospers. What you did to me, you meant it for evil, but God turned it to good. It's better for you to be at the bottom of the ocean than to mess with me. I, I, just, I, I just think that we can now begin by faith. I just want to increase your faith today. I know it happened to you by faith. I'd say, you know what? That's got to be removed. I got to get rid of that. God, you got to take that. It has to obey me. Jesus begins to talk about this again with the second parable. He tells about this tree and this mustard seed First, he talked about a mountain. Then he talked about a mulberry tree. He says, if they offend you, speak to the mulberry tree and it'll be thrown into the sea. Well, I understand faith for a mountain. 
There's no earth movers back then. I need faith to move a mountain, move demons, miracles, power, faith. But to move a tree, I can cut that down in a couple hours. I don't need faith for that. But this specific tree had a root system that was so strong it could last 600 years. What Jesus is saying is that you and I need faith to get to things that have been rooted in our life for long periods of time. And that we can speak to it by faith and it has to obey us. It has to obey you. The feelings that are attached to that sin or that situation have to obey you. So much so that Jesus stopped dying on a cross, on a tree, to forgive people. That's how important this is. Jesus is hanging on a tree in the middle of dying. Got his face plucked out, his body ripped in two, blood pouring from his side. Last breaths on the planet. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said it for himself, not for them. A lot of it was for them, but he's talking to the father. He's, he's saying, God, I, I know I'm getting out of the grave in three days and the power of resurrection is about to hit my life. I don't want anything in my heart that could hinder me seeing you. I don't want any of this to be lodged in anything to be stuck on me at all because I know I'm getting up, God. And I, I just need to say, forgive them because I, I need to do this for me because I'm, I'm getting up. When you begin to forgive, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You're preparing the way for resurrection power in your life. You're actually preparing the way to get up out of some stuff and to get into a new season and get into a, a new relationship or get into a new life or take steps into a new job. You say, Father, I know I'm taking on a new direction and a new city. God, forgive them because this new season is going to be different than the last season, God. By faith, God, I, I say forgive them. And, and the emotions and the feelings that are attached to that moment have to obey you. They have to obey you. Well, I don't feel it. I know you're not going to feel it because you, you don't feel it right away. And a lot of times you stop pursuing it because you are run by your feelings. I don't feel it. Well, that's not what leads you. Faith leads you. And if you command it, it obeys you. I'm not going to feel this way. I'm not going to keep this in my heart, this resentment, this bitterness, this anger, this offense. I'm not going to stay, be cast into the ocean. Years ago, my wife and I were at a bed and breakfast on Valentine's weekend. We're hanging out. Beautiful little setting. We went to go to sleep and the concierge had left. And it's like hot in the room. I'm like, man, it's hot. Like, I'm like, I need to turn the air down. I go out to the lobby. I start turning the air down. Go back in. I'm like, it's, it's hot. Like it's 80 degrees in here. Like, babe, I'm sweating. We got windows open in February. I'm sweating. Oh, baby, it's hot. It's broke. The air's broke. I'm going out there putting the, making that thing. I'm like, man, it's like, I got it on like 55 degrees. I'm like, I guess, you know what happens? You're like, well, it's froze up, I guess. Yeah, I froze it up. I'm not an air man. I don't know if I froze it up. I just, we always say that. Like it's froze up. They're not supposed to freeze up. Uh, it's hot. So we go back the next morning, we get up, miserable night. None of us slept. You ever try to sleep? Oh, this is hot room. It's terrible. Couldn't sleep. Go down there. I'm like, ma'am, can we, listen, I, don't, I would never do this, but this is an expensive room and I'd like a little refund because there's air's broken in that room and it's so hot. She goes, you know, that's funny because the person in the room next to you came in and said they were freezing. I was going out and turning their thermostat down and they were going and turning our thermostat up because they were freezing and we were burning up. We were controlling each other's feelings. 
when you forgive, it's you taking back the control of your thermostat. It's, you're not going to give me sleepless nights any longer. You're not going to make me fired up in my emotions. You're not going to get me to react and respond that way. No, forgiveness is the greatest control move you can ever take back. It's the greatest power move you could ever have. I'm taking back control of my emotions. Jesus forgave us when he didn't have to. I just want to encourage you today. Maybe you're holding on to it and wanting them to pay and trying to be God. Come on, let him handle it. He can handle it. Maybe you need to release it. Maybe you need to speak to some resentment and things in your heart by faith, by faith. You're going to obey me. Hey, this feeling, you're going to obey me today. It's going to be cast into the ocean. I don't deserve forgiveness. None of us did. We don't need to figure out who deserves it and who earned it. None of us did. That's the good news gospel. God forgives the guilty. Thank you, God. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for this place. Thank you that you forgave us. Lord, I know we've all been through some, some tough moments with maybe Judas goats, maybe betrayal or hurt or pain or situations. Lord, some, some very close to home, even right now, maybe. Lord, and I just pray for healthy conversations that we could confront things and not hide things and we could have honesty. And Lord, I, I pray right now for every feeling and every, everything that's trying to control someone in this room and they've been responding and, rea- and reacting in anger and surprise and hurting those around them because they, they weren't expecting it. They've been holding it. Now they're projecting it all around them. I pray, God, that you would increase their faith today to know that they can actually speak to some stuff, acknowledge some stuff, and it would be removed and tossed into the sea. I pray for big mountains and small mountains. I pray for roots that have been rooted for years to be uprooted today by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray our faith would be increased by a people of God. We're your church. We're your people, oh God. We give forgiveness freely. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would do a miracle and that we would see you move as we purify our hearts. We give you the glory and the honor in that. If you're in this room, no one looking around just for a minute. If you say, you know what, pastor, I need to forgive. I've been holding it tight or I I need to speak to some emotions. I got to start declaring and speaking by faith. I need my faith to be increased to speak to a couple things in my life and have them removed to the ocean. Would you put your hand up to me? Let me pray for you. I need some stuff removed. Come on, people all across the house. I got my hand up. God, I just, I just declare right now, we acknowledge it. We confront it. We put our hand up. We're going to speak to it. And we say that every emotion that's not your emotion, that's not joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom. We say that those things have to be removed from us. I know the offenses and the hurts and the pains were real. I'm not, I'm not discounting the realness of them. If anybody's watching online and you need to let something go or you need to speak to that feeling today, that feeling, I just declare it has to obey you. I declare your feelings have to obey you by the name of Jesus, by faith, by the word of God and my faith in the word of God. It has to obey me. For things that have been hindering individuals for years, I even heard this in our ministry time today, for the, that person in the room that's been hearing voices in your head, Somebody in this room has been hearing voices in their head and those voices, they, they, they're, I, don't, I don't know where they've come from or how they've, how they've gotten there, but those voices, I say, have to obey you today. Have to obey my voice in the name of Jesus. That those voices have to silence. Those accusing voices have to stop in your mind in Jesus' name today. Lord, I thank you by faith these things are removed and put into the ocean. Just for another second, no one looking around, I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're in this room and you know The greatest matter of the heart is you surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never let him be the Lord and leader of your life. Maybe you're holding on to everything, making everybody pay. You know you've got so much 
regret or pain or feelings, your feelings lead you, that Jesus isn't your Lord. You've come to church, you've opened the Bible, but he's not, he's not your leader. You've not surrendered to him. You don't have the power to, to do what I'm talking about. Here's why. You think Christianity is just a clean me up project. It's not. It's literally a brand new heart. And that, that when we try to clean the old heart up, there's too much scar tissue. There's too many wounds. There's too, there's too much regret. There's too much sin and pain. The Bible isn't clean you up. It's surrendering your life to a man named Jesus that died on a tree to, to rip out your old heart and take on your life and give you a brand new God heart, a brand new fresh heart. And the Bible says all you have to do to get that is say, Jesus, I believe that you're God and I surrender to you. If you're watching online and you need a fresh start today, you need a new heart. Maybe you're in this room and you know you need a new heart today. Maybe you were with God years ago and walked away and you need to come back today. This is for you as well. I want to pray for you. If you're here and you need a fresh start online or in this room, would you put your hand up to me right now? I need a fresh start, Pastor. Thank you for your boldness. I see it all over the room. Hold it high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start. I need a brand new heart. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you, sir. I see that. I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. If you're watching online and you need a fresh start, just pray this prayer with me. I'm going to pray. Put your heart up in this prayer. There's no magic in the words. It's just a heart of surrender. It's a heart of faith. You can pray this with me right now and be saved and have a fresh start in Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you took my old heart, the wounded heart, the scarred heart, the heart that sinned and rebelled against you and you nailed it to that tree. You nailed it to that cross. What I've been trying to do in my own strength, you paid for. I believe you died a horrific death. You took my guilt, my shame, my sins, past, present, and future. You did all the work. I believe that. And then, Lord, you give me a brand new heart today. I surrender. Give me your heart. Holy Spirit, fill me and give me power to walk with you and serve you the rest of my life from a pure heart in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God some crazy praise in this room. People all over this room saying yes to God's heart. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.